<laughs> Hello, kitties. <clears throat> Hello, kitties. This is Cast from the Crypt, the podcast about tales from the crypt and other horror-related things. I am your cast keeper, CJ Roby. Mm, cast keeper? You know what? I'll give it time. We'll, I, I'm sure we'll come to love it. So, this, like I said, is a podcast all about Tales from the Crypt and, I mean, other stuff as I need to fill time. Look, this is my first time podcasting, alright? And on that note, this is also my first time actually going through and watching all of the Tales from the Crypt shows. Uh, I I know I know you're I know you're yelling at your podcast catcher provider whatever right now and you're going how could you let this idiot even have a podcast about Tales from the Crypt when he hasn't even watched it well you know what I'm going to okay all right that's what this podcast is all about and I have I have a legitimate reason why I haven't actually watched it okay all right so, I I have watched this show before. So don't don't jump down my throat. I have watched it before, but I've only watched one episode. I can't remember which one it was, because I was like six or seven at the time. It was it was something like that. I was real young, and all I remember is. The Crypt Keeper's scary-ass laugh and Danny Elfman's amazing composition for that title. And that's it, because I blocked all the rest of it out because it was just too traumatic for my tiny child brain. It was so traumatic that I legitimately was terrified of the Crypt Keeper for years. Years. I was, I was having nightmares about this dude coming for me. Uh, it was it was just bad. It was just not something that a six to eight year old I, I really don't know. My memory is so bad. But it, it wasn't it wasn't suitable for young audiences. Let's just say that. And that's because it was never really suitable for young audiences. Well, I mean your mileage on that might vary, but According to the according to the American Comics Code of the '60s, it was not for children. In fact, Tales from the Crypt is one of the is one of the comics that legitimately got the Comics Code started. So back in the '50s, comic horror comics were just flying off the shelves. Everybody everybody loved it. It was a big craze. Horror stories detective stories like all the true crime stuff it was it was a lot like now with people's obsession with true crime after everybody got back from world war ii you know they they had seen some shit they're just like i don't care about no stupid ass what what is this a flower helping out a child solve some problems fuck this i i want to see some i want to see something grisly i want to see some Something more, a little more mature, you know. So they, the, horror, horror was was it was booming. They had they had the well, hold on, hold on. Let's see. They did were, were the were the Universal monsters out by this time? 
Universal Monsters had to be, had to be, like, hitting their stride at this point. But that's the kind of shit that I'm talking about. People love their horror movies. Um, and, yeah, yeah, they were, they were all over the place. People loved their horror movies, but comics were seen as for children, you know? Like, they still pretty much kind of are. You know, I mean, nerds are taking over everything. <laughs> We've got the power now. <laughs> but, you know, generally, comics are kind of seen as oh, kids' books and stuff, even though some of the most gruesome shit happens, even in, like, comics today. But that's that's where we were at. During, during the time... So it's the Comics Code of 1954. I was wrong. It wasn't the 60s. It was 54. And Tales from the Crypt, at that time known as Crypt of Terror, Crypt of Terror, was was in kind of in the middle of its run. Uh, well, I mean, kind of toward the end of its run since since the whole thing happened. Because the the Comics Code Authority brought that shit down. They they really skewered all, all of EC Comics, really. It was a time where, you know, people people think that movies and television shows and stuff like that, they're just like, oh, it's all, like, in black and white, and it's all, like, it's all quaint. Back, back then, no one could, like, do anything. No, there was, there was some terrible shit that was allowed to happen on screen even back in like the 40s and 50s like it was it was pretty crazy go back and watch some old movies you'll see but they were cracking down on it it was it was a a threat to ooh good old american values oh boy yeah so that with with the coming of the of the comics code came kind of the demise of the whole of this whole thing of tales from the crypt and from ec and everything like that it it all it all just screwed over everybody but people love it people still loved tales from the crypt and the crypt keeper like as a character and stuff so they decided to make a show. They they decided to make a whole show out of it. They were just like, oh well, you know, because look, it's we're we're not just right now in the time of remakes and adaptations and stuff. This shit's always been going on. There they were always Hollywood is always just like, what have we? What's already been made that we can just make? And so that we don't have to come up with anything. You know, that's that's just that's just how the business works. Oh, actually no, I can't say that. I, I if I ever want to be like an entertainer or an actor or anything, I can't I can't be talking all this shit. I'm sorry. All listen, all writers are brilliant, all shows are great. Please give me give me money to appear in them. So so on June 10th, 1989, they release the Tales from the Crypt show on HBO. And, I mean, if you don't know what HBO is, how? How do you not? It was, it was the home of, like, 
half of the tits on 90s television. I don't know if you're, like, in the future and you're just laughing at uh, 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 archaic home bucks office. We get all of our entertainment from Tesseracts, located in our hippocampus. But it's the home box office, all right? Uh, if you If you weren't rich, then you probably... We're stealing it from your neighbor or something, but you you were watching some HBO. I know it. So the first episode that drops is The Man Who Was Death. And this was a story adapted from one of the comic books. And, like, I don't really know. I don't know if... I don't know how many episodes are actually adapted from Tales from the Crypt comics. There's 96 episodes. So I'm not entirely sure if they if they kept the street going the whole time or if they just had some people just write out some creepy, spooky stories. But at the very least, the first one is directly from the comics. And that comic is Crypt of Terror 17. Notice it's not Tales from the Crypt. It's Crypt of Terror, which is the original comic that the Crypt Keeper made his debut in and started hosting. So, Man Who Was Death, adapted from the comic of the same name, also the Man Who Was Death. It was, it was, it was a, it was a hit. Like Tales from the Crypt was a, a hit pretty much immediately. Everybody was was all about it. They were losing their minds. It was hilarious, and well, I mean, the first episode's not that funny, but. It, it's it's funny, it's gruesome, there's just, there's a lot of charm to it. The, the, the Crypt Keeper, come on, man. That was some, it's some top-notch puppet work that is able to terrify small children who shouldn't be watching this show anyway. I, I had no idea he was a puppet. For the longest time, I had no idea he was a puppet. I was like, oh, that's, that is a, that is an undead revenant that they have raised from the ground and have uh, gotten to agree to host their TV show by some sort of dark magic. I, I had no idea. <laughs> how was I supposed to, how was I supposed to make the puppet connection over that? But anyway, people love the show. And they got they got on a bunch of big names to help out with the show, uh, like Robert Zemeckis was was a producer on it. Dick Donner, Joel Silver, like look up these guys because they are involved in just so many of the best things. Like hold on, between these guys, they've got credits on like Aliens. The Warriors, Hudson Hawk, The Matrix, Goonies, Lethal Weapon. They, it's, it was, it was a murderer's row of people who were putting out all the good shit working on Tales from the Crypt. So, I mean, that's, that's part of why it was just out the gate so good and successful. So let's get into the episode itself. Man Who Was Death is about an executioner who loses his job. Hey, look, th in this economy, it's tough, man. Uh, this, is, this is actually the story of 
of economic just hardships and you know it, it, the 90s weren't all that it cracked up to be everybody says that it was a we were flourishing at the time but you know what hard-working people like executioners were getting downtrodden upon <laughs> anyway it's about an executioner who loses his job because the death penalty gets repealed in a, in a state i don't know it's in some state i tried to look up what states were trying to repeal the death penalty at the time couldn't i i couldn't come up with anything so it's just some unnamed state but he's he's going to lose his job because people don't want to kill criminals anymore so he goes around and starts doing it himself he just starts he just starts executing people in his free time and that is what the episode's about uh eventually he gets his comeuppance he ends up in the electric chair just the same as he was putting people through it's a it's a big karmic twist just like just like pretty much everything in tales of the crypt so the episode starts with the crypt keeper as it always does and he's just hanging out at home next to his bug zapper. He makes some comment about bugs being cute because he's a disgusting undead creature. And then he opens the episode. Oh, and, and he makes some fucking bug zapper electric chair pun. I don't know. He's, he's full of puns. If that's the one thing that you can take away from the Crypt Keeper. But it's fun. And I forgot to mention that the Crypt Keeper is brought to life by puppeteer Van Snowden, who is, who's a long and storied puppeteer, R.I.P. And John Cassier does his voice. And John Cassier does, he, he, he works a lot. They need to give my boy John some some more like big juicy roles because he they've they he's got a lot of like one episode stuff on his imdb and i really want i really want this man to be out there come on casting directors he was enzo and bayonetta for god's sakes so the episode the episode starts with the narrator and the narrator is Niles Talbot the executioner in question played by William Sadler a guy who was he was in a lot of action movies and it it's I, I guess I guess he really just wanted to break into the horror biz well actually okay so there's a story behind why it's William Sadler because originally since this was the first episode, they wanted to come out of the gate with a bang, you know, obviously. So they wanted some some larger stars, some bigger names for it. They were considering they were considering John Malkovich as as the main dude and Christopher Walken. It would have been so hilarious. Listen, William Sadler did a fine job in this <laughs> in this episode. It would have been amazing to hear Christopher Walken as this dude. Oh, the Taken, I, I can't believe it, the death penalty, 
they're taking it off. I'm gonna have to kill people. <laughs> God, I wish he was in this show. <sighs> Maybe later. Who knows? I, I haven't seen it. So, he finds out... Well, okay, no, I'm, I'm already jumping ahead of myself. So, he loves to execute people. He's all about it. He's, he's just like, oh, yeah, execution? Yeah, that's my business. That's my job. Nothing like seeing a man cry and fry. That's what I always say. Woo-hoo, Niles Talbot. Good old murdering country boy. <laughs> So he's, he's just, man, he's in love with his job. You never, you never work a day in your life when you just love crying and frying. So yeah, he, he's, he's all about killing the absolute shit out of criminals. That's his, that's his whole life. That's his personality. That's his entire personality is I love killing criminals. He's, he would be a great vigilante if he didn't go about it the completely wrong way. He finds out a little later, like in the beginning of the episode, he finds out that his state is going to be repealing the death penalty. They're getting rid of it. No more state-sanctioned death. They're just gonna they're just gonna lock people up in a box. And they're just going to let him die that way. And you know what? That means that he is not needed anymore. So he goes to his old boss and he's like, hey, man, like, can I just be an electrician? You know, <laughs> I still I, I love electricity. That's that's the real joy that I get out of it. It's not it's not the executing criminals, although, hey, I high five myself every time I do it. But I just I just love AC current. I mean, Tesla was right. Or was it Edison? I, I forget who did AC and DC. Who cares? So his boss, unfortunately, does not give him his old job back. That's how he started as an electrician, and they bumped him up to state murderer. So he's out of it. He goes to a bar, and he's just drinking his problems away watching the news they're talking about the death penalty repeal his bartender he's just like oh you come in here all the time man like i know what you do hey you used to do some good work man i can't believe all these pussy snowflakes are saying that we can't kill the shit out of criminals anymore and not in my america and tal was just like you know what you're right not in my america so he starts hanging out at courthouses just all the time. The the rest, you don't see him doing anything else other than murdering people and hanging out in court. That's, that's all he's into these days after, hey, you get a lot of free time after you're unemployed. So you, you got to fill your time somehow. So I, real quick, I want to go back to uh, to a line that the bartender says because it's actually a pretty great line. Uh, he, he goes, if executions were televised, it would be the highest rated program. And he's actually probably not wrong. I mean, one, they could put it on HBO. That's, that's some prime scheduling right there. But two, I mean, public executions used to be 
legitimate entertainment for people. People would come out for miles. Just, oh, read in the paper today that somebody was gonna get hanged for uh, stealing a horse or some other old-timey crime. Le come on, Maribel, pack the seven children and let's get into the cart and go down all the way over to fucking across the Mississippi. But yeah, pretty, pretty relevant line. So, like I said, he's, Talbot is just hanging out at courthouses, just, just waiting for somebody who deserves to die. And he, he ends up sitting in on, on the trial of this biker guy. He's, he's some crazy biker guy, and he, like, I guess he murdered some lady's brother, but he got off scot-free. No one could prove it. And she was, like, the family's just like, yeah, you, you killed him, you monster. And he's like, shut up, you can't prove that, bitch. <laughs> but, so, Talbot's just there, and he's still, he's still narrating over this whole episode. So, he's just talking about how this biker guy was a real cold son of a bitch. We got into a bar fight and then stabbed dude with a bottle after he had already said that he was going home. But the guy, the guy hugs his lawyer and goes home. And when he gets to his home, he tries to open his gate. And then you see a huge, like, battery array attached to the side of this gate. <laughs> and Talbot just in the darkness, just watching, just running his fingers together, plotting, just, just waiting for it. Dude grabs the gate, shocks the shit out of him. He's done. Finished. Talbot gives himself another high five. Job well done. Goes home. And so this is, this is just Talbot's life now. He's, he's just all about this. He's, well, it's not my job. Listen, like I said, you don't work a day in your life if you love what you do. He's not working. He's just loving it. He's just loving murder. So, the next person, the next uh, victim, well, it's two victims. So, right after that, it shows him just hanging out in court again. He's, he's got his victory drink. He's, he's all fired up for murder. And this this couple is on trial, and the guy allegedly look. In order for me not to get sued by these fictional characters, we are going to use the terms allegedly. Okay, all right. Big old finger air quotes right there. So he allegedly murdered his wife for a bunch of money and. Him and his girlfriend, who helped him plot it out, got off scot-free. And you know what? Niles Talbot had something to say about that. So, he shows up to this guy's penthouse. They're, they're in some fancy, fancy penthouse, just drinking champagne in the hot tub. Just like, ah, yes, mmm, so glad I murdered my wife. Ha <laughs> ha his girlfriend's just like, ooh, yeah, like, I'm gonna suck your dick so hard for murdering your wife, yeah. And he just shows up in a, in a crazy, like, he's already, he's pretty much just wearing an executioner's hood. And he just shows up over there, and they're like, what the fuck, who are you? 
and he he gives a whole like last rites and or no not last rites he he gives a whole like final executioner speech of you have been judged i know you killed your wife and i'm the executioner <laughs> and and the, the the chick tries to sell dude out just immediately she's like this wasn't even my plan like i was just i didn't know what was going on and then he just throws a battery at them while they're while they're in the tub, so they get the shit killed out of them. And his next kill, and these are these are all like this is all like back to back. This is all sequential. Oh, and and he high fives himself after the battery in the jacuzzi. So his next kill, he just it, it's it's more narration. And he's just in a strip club, and he's talking to him. He's talking to himself in the audience. I don't even remember what he's talking about. Titties, and he's just like, ah, you know, the the real thrill is in electricity. I love the stuff. It gives me more of a jolt than any booby ever could. Something like that. I don't remember. I'm gonna have to watch the episode again. But turns out that he's he's not there. He's not there to get a dance. He's there to kill a stripper. Uh, I forget what she did. She probably, like, embezzled somebody's dick straight off of his body or something. I don't know. But he he's there. He's hanging out, and he's watching this go-go dancer. And you see... So you see her up in her cage just doing her thing, just dancing. And then you see, like, a big, like, wire fucking... Just two giant wires just hooked up to her cage, like strung up past all the lights and stuff like that. Just dangling obvious wires that are connected to to the car battery clamps connected to the cage. So he slips back into the he slips backstage and he's got his hole set up ready. And he's, he's just, he's all happy about it. Flips the switch, nothing happens. Nothing. He's all confused. Keeps flipping and he's like, I don't understand what happened. And then the cops bust in and he's immediately taken. Because of course the fucking cops would show up. Because you rigged up a, a giant conspicuous electrical rig to a go-go dancer cage. Now look. I don't I don't know what kind of tech crew the the strip clubs have, but if there's sound and lights, there's probably a stage crew and they will know if there are giant electrical wires just hanging from their lights causing a crazy safety issue. And I don't even know when he could have got in there to to set that whole thing up. Who knows? But anyway, he got sloppy. He got sloppy because he was seen making giant murder rigs. So he goes to jail. And he, oh, so in the beginning, there's there's this whole, he goes on this whole spiel about, oh, like, they always, they're always coming to the chairs screaming and crying, crying, oh, the, the senator's gonna call. He's gonna call and he's gonna, He's going to pardon me. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, and I just laugh at him every time. That call's never coming in. Ha, ha, ha. But he goes to jail, and it the the it's, there's a little time skip. 
because he gets arrested on the day that they have voted to take back the death penalty. So he's going to be the first dude to die under the death penalty 2.0. So isn't he lucky? Oh my goodness. He he just loved it so he just loved to execute people so much and now he's getting executed. What a twist. So he's yeah the the end is just him being brought to the electric chair kicking and screaming just like no please no i used to work here you guys remember me i was doing good just just wait the governor's gonna call he's gonna call and pardon me because i did good and they're all just like yeah yeah everybody says that (laughs) and then he dies he gets fried and he's and he suffers the same fate that he put so many people through. Oh, the other thing, the other thing that he that he says in the beginning is that you know, since he just loves ex- executing people so much, he's just like, yeah, I love I love it when the to see their heads smoking and give them another jolt and really know that I got the job done. It helps me sleep at night. And then, you know, he's just a smoking, electrified corpse at the end. And that's the episode. Uh, Cryptkeeper comes back, and he's in an electric chair. He makes some dumbass jokes, like he always does, and then sets himself off, and he's just cracking up the whole time. And who knows why I was terrified of this fucking crazy zombie man when I was a child, uh, uh, who could guess? I sure, I sure have no idea. It's definitely something that I would show my children. So that is episode one of Tales from the Crypt. That is, that is the man who was death. It's a good episode. It's not like hilarious, like, uh, like I've been told. Other episodes are, you know, farther down in the season and stuff, but it's a it's a solid episode. It's got a nice karmic twist. It's not like a horror story, really, but it's it's definitely it's definitely something. I like it. And there are and there are a lot of people in there. There are some familiar faces in this episode. Uh, the the judge. The judge is a guy, and like one of the detectives is like, I'm just, I, I was watching, I was like, I've seen that guy before. Go, go back, watch the episode, and see if you can point out anybody who kind of like got a start on this. And also go watch L.A. Law because for some reason, a lot of the people that were in this episode showed up in the show L.A. Law. I, I don't even know what that show is, but it snagged so many. Tales from the Crypt people. It's crazy. It's I, I have no idea. I don't know what's up with it. So, William Sadler had a story about playing the main role. Uh, originally, he, he went in to play one of these detectives. One of the detectives that... Uh, no, he, he went in to uh, play the detective that actually catches the dude. But he did his audition and... People, people really liked him for like, so, so he did his audition. The story goes, he did his audition and then he left 
and he was kind of like flagged down by the casting producer and she was like hey hold on a second don't leave come back in here and read for this other part and read it like you did for the detective and stuff and so that's it that's how he ended up that's how he ended up getting the the part which i mean i would i would kill I would kill for for an opportunity like that. That's that's my entire strategy for getting into acting and everything is just hope hope that when I go into audition for something, someone's just like, you know what? Actually, you could be our main character, and I'll just say, you're damn right. But this isn't about me. This is about William Sadler, you lucky bastard. But we will see him again later. Because he does come back for Demon Knight and I think Bordello of Blood too. I'm not entirely sure. So, now it's time for a little segment. Yeah, I got segments. Look, I know how to podcast, okay? <laughs> so, this segment is Comic versus the Show. I went back and I found the comic online, of course. I'm not going to be... Uh, just digging through yard sales and estate sales and stuff and hoping that they have Crypto Terror 17. No, we live in the future. I went to the internet. But I did read it, and it's, it's, got, some, it's got some differences. It's got some... Uh, obviously, it's an adaptation. So, first major difference is that the main character is a man named Edgar Bowman. Edgar Bowman, not Niles Talbot. And also, Bowman isn't the narrator in this. There is a narrator in this uh, comic, but it is not Bowman. So Bowman is a just renowned executioner, just from state to state. Everybody's trying to get Bowman in there to kill the shit out of somebody that they don't like that the court has decided is unlikable. And he does it. He loves it. He's he's just going around, and he's just like, yes, I'm the best executioner in the world. And everyone's like, you're the best executioner in the world. Please, come to my jail and kill a criminal or two. Um, the difference between Bowman and Niles is, you know, Niles is all horny for electricity, and Bowman, Bowman just, he does what he, what he needs to, he just kills the shit out of people, he's just like, oh yeah, like, I'm using ropes and electric chairs, and I'll fucking axe some dude's neck straight off if you need me to, I don't care, he loves it, uh, in the comic, there's no death penalty ban, uh, they, it's not, it's not a thing where where the the states are going through like a big political thing. Just not enough people are getting convicted for crimes. He he's just he's just mad that people aren't getting convicted enough. He's just like these pussy ass lawyers and judges. I hate it. They they can't acquit anybody or they they can't condemn anybody. This is some bullshit. So he just takes it upon himself he it's not even it's not even after his like desperation or anything he's still hanging out in courts wait no i i think i think he just reads a bunch of newspapers about people getting acquitted and shit and he's just just crumpling it up just oh damn it 
But <laughs> yeah, so he he just goes he just goes mad over over the the justice system not going his way. And so he decides to take the law into his own hands and just starts murdering people, <laughs> just starts killing them. Uh, the body count in the comic is actually the same for the show. Uh, Talbot kills three people and Bowman kills three people. Talbot, remember, kills the biker with the fence and the couple in the hot tub with the battery. Bowman kills... Alright, so he he gets three separate kills, though. Talbot has two two kills, you know, but Bowman Bowman does the electric fence thing. Uh, this this guy is trying to get into his gate, and he he rigs the whole thing. The next one is very confusing because I don't know if he like put the electricity in the pipes or some shit, but he just like melts a dude's face off in his shower. I don't really you'd have to read it to really like know what's going on. I I still was not able to make heads or tails from the guy just like gets into his shower. He's like, "Oh boy, I'm so glad that I was acquitted for that thing that I didn't do." And then he just turns on his water and screams as the water hits his face and and it's just Bowman slinking off into the night like, hey, 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 yes, mission accomplished. So I don't even know what's going on there. And then uh, he also, he also just, he also just like follows a guy on a rainy day and cuts a phone wire <laughs> and it just hits the dude and murders the shit out of him. Like, so, like, it, it's, it's so contrived. It's so lucky. Like, just oh yes when he steps right here this power line will definitely hit him who knows like if if the if the electricity would have like arced through the rain to kill him or something i would have i would have bought that a little more than than him just dropping a phone line on this dude and it just swinging and catching the guy but uh, instead of being at a strip club when Bowman is caught, he actually, he's actually caught in the middle of one of his, he, he's caught in the middle of an attack. He goes after this lady and she's like in the park, but she has a, she has a, uh, a detective bodyguard. She's, she's got a, she's got a tail because everybody knows that somebody's killing the shit out of people who were acquitted for crimes. So they put a, they put a tail on her and he goes after her and he's caught right there in the moment by the detective that was there. Uh, and so he, like I said, he's not obsessed with electricity like Talbot was, but it seems that all of his kills were electricity based. And when he gets caught, he, he jumps out of the bushes at this lady and it, it specifically says in the comic that he would have got her if not for a flash of lightning that betrayed him, showed his face and everything, and the cops saw him at that exact second and took him down. Actually, I think I think he shoots him right then and there. I'm not entirely sure. I don't remember if there's a whole karmic twist like there was in the show where he where he gets put in the electric chair. I don't remember. 
Yeah, so that's the comic versus the show. Pretty, pretty good adaptation, you know, stuck, stuck pretty close to it. I do like that they gave Talbot a reason to go do this as opposed to Bowman, who's just like, damn it, the laws failed me, and I gotta go electrocute some people, damn it. I got things to do. So the final thing, the final thing on the on the show, the last segment is our Shriek of the Week. Ah, oh, God, that hurts my throat. <laughs> That's our Shriek of the Week. Basically, it is just, it's, I'm, I'm not gonna, this isn't a review show, alright? This is, this is just for me to be able to absorb horror in a way that I hadn't before because I was just too horrified. But, I do love horror stuff, so my, my Shriek of the Week, I'm going to be sharing some horror stuff that I've been getting into lately and giving my thoughts on it and stuff like that, and you can talk about it with me. I don't know. Listen, I'm real bad at, like, social media and stuff. I don't have anything set up for this podcast. We'll see how it goes, all right? I am I just... This is just my place to talk about some fun horror stuff with everybody and also see, like, what you guys like uh, in, in all of your horror. So, the thing that I am going to be talking about this week is the 2018 remake of Suspiria. Suspiria, be-dum-bum-bum-be-dum-dum. I watched Suspiria this week because my girlfriend really loved it, and she's just like, oh, this movie's crazy, and she wasn't wrong. It was pretty crazy. I had seen, I had seen, like, half of the original Suspiria in a class and that I ended up falling asleep through. So this is the first time I'd ever actually gone all the way through any of the Suspirias. And I'm actually really glad that I watched this remake because it is brutal. It is like, oh man. I I I didn't I kinda knew what to expect. I knew that there was witches and ballet and shit, but I didn't really like understand what they were gonna be doing with those concepts like I I didn't I didn't get it I didn't get how just batshit they were gonna go with it when the when the chick there's a oh my and she didn't even oh my god yeah it's it's crazy they're they're doing their their magic is so weird I was I was interested in the movie because I was like okay they're witches. I want to know how their magic works. I want to, like, see the extent of their powers. I want to see what this movie does with it. And, man, yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a way to show some magic. That's, it's like a, a voodoo sort of thing, but with contortionists, so they're just, they're, their body parts are all over the place. It's crazy. It's crazy to see their effects are really good. And it, it, it just puts you, it just puts you in a, a mind state where you're just like, what the fuck is going on right now? It's, it's pretty good. So I do actually need to go back and watch original Suspiria because, well, all right, I wanted, I, I want to do it because yes, I should, obviously I already just should. I also want to do it because I want to see how they end that movie. Because the ending of the, the remake, Suspiria, 
is nonsense. Everybody's heads are just exploding. Tilda Swinton is Pizza the Hut, and there are just dancers and titties everywhere. I do. It's it's surreal, and you gotta you gotta see it. But I, I wanted to see what what they actually did in the original because I know that Dario Argento is a fucking freak, so he'll put in some dumb bullshit in that movie. Like I'm I'm sure of it. I'm excited. I wanna see it. So that is the end of Cast from the Crip. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Like I keep saying, this is my first podcast. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just gonna be upfront about it. Uh, all I know how to do is bullshit about things that I like and hope that it's actually content. So if you think it's content and if you actually like it, you can find me at twitch.tv slash cjdamocha, C-J-D-A-M-O-C-H-A. There you can find funny gaming clips and stupid jokes and terrible plays and you can yell at me about how wrong I was about anything having to do with anything about this podcast. Or you can just yell at me about how badly I'm living my life. I'm used to hearing dumb shit like that. Come on. Just just come talk to me. I'm so lonely. <laughs> And also, you can leave a review and a rating on any of the podcast catch alls or whatever. Whatever you're listening to this on, you might as well just do me a little favor and go to the review section and give me, give me a five-star review. You know what? You don't even have to give me a five-star review. I know that this might not be five-star work, but you know what? It's going to get there. So just give me a rating anyway, and then later on, I guess, delete that rating or make another account and be like, oh, he actually got his shit together. Five stars. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Cast from the Crypt. Next week, we are going to be doing episode two, the Christmas episode, and all through the house. Ooh, maybe there's going to be some murderous elves or some poison eggnog or something i don't know i didn't watch the show it was too scary all right everybody scare you next time <laughs>